Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, GTownRadio.com, Wednesdays, 8 to 10. Today, we are beginning to ease on down the road to the whiz. Wow. Episode 75 of the Michelle Mission, where we review Julie Dash's Daughters of the Dust. Yes. Yes, we do. This is, um, would you say that this is one of the essentials of black cinema? This, this is absolutely. I think this is absolutely essential. Okay. I mean, it's so essential that some other essential films... I would say are informed by this very much so i felt so. Uh, i felt that in watching this film so uh we'll we'll talk about that yeah talking about absolutely. exactly what goes into making a film an essential film yes um but before we do that as always we like to start off by reviewing some of the feedback that we've gotten back from you our faithful michelle missionaries who listen to us on itunes soundcloud stitcher radio Google Play, tune in as well as live as a radio show on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, People Powered Media, Philly Cam Radio here in Philadelphia and Camden. We want to thank each and every one of you who came out to uh, check us at the fifth annual Philadelphia Podcast yeah, Festival. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That Had was a, lot a whole of lot of fun. Had a man. lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, that was a good time. Um, of rocking out and, and talking some school days stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was fun, man. And um, we really enjoyed ourselves there. And we hope that uh, everyone that came out, they seemed to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. They walked away with prizes. So oh, they were happy. Hey, man. <laughs> Michelle Mission, don't let you leave hungry. That's right. Uh, and then last last week we reviewed Fast Forward. We didn't get any feedback on Fast Forward. <laughs> You know why? Because you were so nice. I guess. You were so nice. I, they had nothing to... You were so nice. They had nothing to... Nothing. I listened to it again, and, and your voice is soft throughout. <laughs> like, you don't have that knife in your voice like you get sometimes. I was like, oh, Lynn is so gentle with fast forward. Yeah, I, I kind of... I, I took my foot off the gas yeah. on that one a little bit. I did. You're right. You're right. But we did get some feedback from people um, hitting us up and finding us on Facebook, uh, as it were. Uh, Tom Laporta. Hey, what's up, Tom? Speaking of uh, school days. Yes, he was there. He was there. Yeah, came in third place. Yes, he did. Um, Walked away with the house party collection. The house party. House party one. House party two, two. They go to college. House party three. Kid gets married. House Party 4, I don't know what happened. I don't think Kid, kid nor Player in House Party 4. For some reason, I think Immature is in House Party 4. See? Right there. Everything you need to know. Right, because aren't they plays nephews or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, house Party 4 is terrible. Well, so is House Party 3. House Party 3 is also not that good. <laughs> house, it really is a diminishing returns. Really, in because the house, house Party 2 is just a Did the Hutland brothers do House Party 2? I believe so. Really? I be, I, I think so. Okay. You want to go to Google on this? Yeah, because I, I do know that at some point they stepped out of the House Party empire. 
<laughs> the Empire. I don't know if we could define I mean, it they as have, Empire. I mean, we we named the four movies, and it was like House Party, the the New Beginning, and and I mean, I think House Party went on for a second. I don't know about all that. It was, I mean, you know, the Empire of House Party, the House House Party Ghost Protocol. Is that what one of the movies Look, you recall? I, I'm telling you, <laughs> there were at least five House Party movies. Um, actually, the directors of House Party Two were George Jackson and Doug McHenry. Okay. Um, I actually like George Jackson. He did something else I did. I can't think of off the top of my head. But um, how many House Party movies were there? There were just the four. I'm telling you, there's a, at least a fifth one. Like House Party, A New Beginning, or House Party, Wrath of Khan. Or... George Jackson, you probably know, he was a producer on Malcolm and Eddie. And along with no, House- that's not what I'm thinking about. I know it's not what you're thinking about. <laughs> um, along with House Party Two, his biggest claim to fame is that he was a, I believe he was just a producer. I want to, I don't want to get it wrong here. He was, yes, a producer on New Jack City. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm House Party about- Two is his only directorial. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking about George Jackson. I thought he did something else, but okay, regardless, I'm telling you. Are you looking up the house parties? I'm going. I'm going to look up the house parties. Let's see how many house party movies there were. House party movies. There were at least five. I'm. I'm pretty sure there was four. Why would they put out a, a box set of just four and not put in the fifth? One? Hey, I don't know the logistics of getting the licensing to house party. I'm sure it wasn't that. Expensive. But there was one like made for TV house party movie or well, made for TV is different. Um, House Party. The film was a popular success. Two sequels were made. Yes. Uh, House Party 2 in 1991, and then House Party 3 in 1994. Right. House Party 2 featured... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward. We know all this. Okay. House Party 2, they were in college. House Party 3, he got married. Right. House and then Party House four. Party 4... Immature. ...was a direct-to-video sequel, House Party 4, down to the last minute, which does not feature any of the original cast from the other three films. A fifth installment... There it is. ...and direct follow-up to the third film... There it is. I knew it. ...titled House Party Tonight's the Night. House Party Tonight's the Night. ...was filmed in 2012. I knew it was a fifth house party. ...with Taquan Richmond, Zach Goodman, Tristan Mays, Alex McGregor, Rolanda Watts, and Gary Anthony Williams. And marked the return of Kid and Play to the series. Really? Yes. I wish I'd have known that. I'd have watched it. Like I flipped from it like at least twice. Really? It's just what that I flipped from it or that I turned to it in the first place. That you turned to it in the first place. Come on, place. man. Are, do you, are you really surprised that I turned to the fifth house party movie? I guess I really just to see the car wreck. I of really it? shouldn't be surprised that you turned to the fifth house. Party. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen Kid and Plays return because remember Tisha Campbell was in the third one for like one scene. Yes. Yes, I do. So, so I am. This is probably more than anyone has talked about the House Party series in I years. don't think Play talks about it. Play doesn't talk no, about Play may talk about House Party. Play, because right, he ain't got too many claims right, of fame. Right, right, right. Kid is at least doing some Kid other is stuff. At least, right. So, anyway, I knew it was at least five House Party movies. Play is still like, oh, 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 oh I hate it. <laughs> See? <laughs> I never liked Play. I never liked. Th- oh, boy. Look. What did Play do? He didn't do anything. Okay. But annoy me. At the time that that um, Kid and Play were really a thing. Yes. Like blowing up. Yes. 
that was right around the time that me and my partner Jay had started rapping. Okay. And you know, you always have like your your heroes out there, you know, that you kind of emulate a little bit or you know, uh you want to you know, rise to their level of prominence. Sure, and sure. And in, in my world, it was always uh, Heavy D. Heavy D okay. will forever be my favorite rapper. I ain't okay. saying he's the best, but he right, but he's your favorite. He's my favorite. Um, but Kid and Play were hot at that time. Yeah, oh yeah. And you know, they would get on. They would get on the microphone, and when you get on the microphone, Kid sound like he was just having fun. First yes. of all, they they very rarely wrote their lyrics. Yes. We all know that. Herb, yes. Herb, I was about to Herb say. the love bug. I mean, that whole... That, that I, whole crew. He I, wrote I everybody. Mean, I was about to say, like... like He wrote Salt and Pepper song. I was about to say, I wasn't going to say that out loud, but I think, yeah. Well, I think everybody knows he wrote Salt and Pepper. I don't know Peppers. if everybody knows that, but I guess they do now. Go ahead. Look, he wrote Salt and Pepper songs, and he wrote a lot of Kid and Play song, yeah. songs. I'm not going to say he wrote all of them, but he wrote a lot of them. Yeah. Certainly the first, first few. Right. But either way, Kid always sounded like he was just having fun delivering his lines. Sure. And he was getting this dance on, this yeah, high yeah, top yeah. fade, bouncing all around. Looked like a big eraser. Exactly. Yeah. Play. Yes. Was trying too hard. Play tried too hard. And it annoyed And him. it annoyed you. Plus, he was trying to come off like he was like this player. Like he was you know, a like player. Like this, this smooth dude. I think he did all right for himself. Uh, he was married to Sherry Headley. It was is the point. Though. I'm just saying. He was. Okay. You know, he couldn't keep her. I mean, you know, hey. So, he ain't do that good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of play animus right now. It's, there was. <laughs> I tell you. You know I like it when I find your triggers. I I, I, I didn't like them. Like, I love Nice and Smooth. Cause See, nice, I hate it Nice and Smooth. How could you hate Nice and Smooth? This is why I hate it Nice and Smooth. Smooth B tried too hard. He did, but he was smooth. And I think Greg Nice was actually stupid. <laughs> like I think he was actually a stupid person. <laughs> he wasn't stupid. He was just on another level, man. No, he wasn't. No, no. He was his rhyme. Like the Dizzy Gillespie plays the sax set me off. But then when you actually listen to him rhyme. Like it, it's it's just like at one. It's not sequitur. It, it, no, it, it, I don't. I I don't know how. I don't know if he was could actually hold his attention to. Okay, maybe. So you know, but then God bless. He was able to overcome it. Yeah. See, handicap. I don't like nice and smooth. You don't like nice and. Smooth? I don't like nice and smooth at all. Are you serious, man, Dwick? With them with nice and smooth is so bad that they made Guru dumb. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Lemonade whoa. is a popular drink, and it, and still, it still is. is. I give up props. To... What? You... And Stunston Bruce Willis—that's the stupidest thing Guru has ever said. If you and I'm, you know, I'm not a huge Guru fan. Yeah, I but know. The man is amazingly intelligent, and when you listen to his rhymes, when you read his rhymes, he's clearly a master architect of rhymes. On Dwick, he sounds stupid. No, he doesn't, man. They all ride that beat. Uh, first of all, Dwick's beat. God bless DJ Premier. That may be one of the the, I mean, the ten I, fattest I, I, beats I, of I, all time. I mean, you you know we're not going. I mean, you know my gang star. Like I yes, I yes. know. I know. Yes. Guru held Premier yes. back. I mean, of course, Premier's beat. Was, I mean, yes. But I think they all rode that beat nice. I mean, okay. Kid and Play couldn't rode that beat. Nice and smooth could ride that beat. 
Kid and Play could not ride that beat. Uh, Kid and Play could not. Kid and Play uh, could not ride that beat. They, uh, you know. I ain't gonna sit over here and fight for kid and play, but so hard. But but you fight for kid and play over nice and smooth. I I'm do calling, fight for kid and, and play and over nice and smooth. And considering what you think of EPMD, I'm calling. I'm calling your. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say now, this. Bruh. Last night, lyrically, is better than anything nice and smooth ever did. Last night, did the That's, kid and play song. Now again, I don't know who wrote the lyrics. I don't know. Maybe Herbie wrote the lyrics. I have to hear that song right. again. I have to hear that song. It's basically them going out on a double date. Okay. But they're telling a story. All right. And and I think that's tighter lyrically than anything nice and smooth ever did. Listen, brother, I'm telling you right now. In August, I'm setting the date already. I'm getting the date together because I'm talking to my man, the world popular, world famous DJ Scheme Richards. Mm-hmm. He's going to come on Black Tribbles with Ars and the Voice of Reason and with my man. My man Zilla Rocker of Career Crooks mm-hmm. and a Small Professor. We're gonna have a big hip hop show. Okay, on there. You're coming on. Oh yes. We're, 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 we're putting this all on the table. Yes. We're yes. Putting this all on the table, and I'm putting it out we there. We're taping right now. right now. I ain't saying nothing that I ain't gonna say somewhere I'm else. I'm putting this out there right now to my man, the Mayor Triple Dan Dinkins. If you could break it down, break it down here to Philly in August. I'll give you the date, man. Come down for this big hip hop summit. It's gonna be having on Black Tribbles because we got to put some of these things on on, on, okay. on, on the table. Bro. All right. We're gonna Put this, some of these things on the All table because right. you you talking some nonsense. Okay, bro. okay. Kid and play nicer than nice and smooth. Kid and play at EPMD. I didn't say kid and play was better than EPMD. Are they better than EPMD? No, they are not. Okay, okay. All right. They are better than nice and smooth though. Please, never. Okay. Never. Never. Ever. Never. Never. Ever. Never. 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 Ever. Never. 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 Salt and pepper is better than kid and play. Salt and pepper is better than kid and play. So you say salt and pepper is better than nice and smooth? I'm indeed saying salt and pepper is better than nice and smooth. I mean, they've had a better career. No, I think they're better MCs than nice and smooth. <laughs> oh, yo, oh, I can't wait. Now, again, with the caveat that you you know. Well, now it's a caveat. No, no, as you, as you said. What caveat you putting on here? I don't know who wrote what. Does it matter? I think it matters. You know, so it does it, matter. Yeah, I think an MC needs to write their material. Well, salt and pepper maybe, uh, maybe wrote. Five of their songs. Okay. Well, and I don't know. think any of the songs that they wrote were their hits. Right, right, right. So how can you say that if that matters? I wonder if they wrote I Take Your Man. So did Herbie write I Take Your Man? I'll Take Your Man? I got a funny feeling he did. That's too bad. Because that's, that, that's a crazy song. I think the one song, I think they wrote, what's the joint they did with Invoke? Oh, Lord, what a man. I think they wrote their lyrics in that. Probably not the one to Well, I'm just saying. I mean, that is their big hit, though. Yeah. But that was the, that was the level of lyr- lyricism uh, that, we're, yeah, that, yeah, we're, yeah. that you are caping up for. I, I, well, I said they're better MCs, you know, so. <laughs> I can't wait to August. Hey. I can't wait to August. I can't wait to August, man. Oh, my God. We, we, may, we may have to bring Dorian down for this show. Bring him down if you want. What? Oh, oh! Now you talking smack at Dorian? I ain't scared to tell Dorian that I think that kid and play are better than nice and smooth. Dorian, you heard that, Dorian? I'm not scared to tell Greg Nice that kid and play are better than nice and smooth. Now, come on, we gotta get the doors of the dust. Oh yes. All right. So <laughs> Tom asked this question. We didn't even get to the question. I uh, know. I don't even know how we got on this. I don't know. Yeah. You you start talking about play? I know. Yeah. Tom hit us. <laughs> This wasn't me that time. That was you. <clears throat> sorry. Sorry, folks. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. 
Tom hit us up on Facebook and said, hey, Vince. Yes. I guess I'm not here. Can- <laughs> I was about to say, yes. This one's for you, Vince. All right. Vince. Yes. Can, <laughs> can documentaries count as black movies? If so, and you want to have me on the show, I'd love to talk about hoop dreams with you, Joe. I think documentaries fall outside of our purview. Like we've talked about that before, documentaries. But um, I mean, you know, we could do a um. I think a documentary can count if the documentary was released as a feature film. I think it's I think it's a different beast. But very few films. First of all, very few documentaries make it out there as feature films. Yeah, I, yeah. So you don't? I wouldn't. But I think we could do a binge lounge. Definitely, and do, do documentaries. Yeah. And I love Hoop Dreams. I've actually never seen Hoop Dreams. You have never seen Hoop Dreams. No, I never saw it. That is a crime. Perhaps. Like, like you, you should see Hoop Dreams. Isn't it about basketball? No, I know it's about it, basketball. It follows, two, it follows two players. But I thought it followed as they get older. players that became, of one of them became of prominence. But maybe I'm thinking. No, okay. no, 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 right. no, no. Yeah, Hoop Dreams is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, only, I mostly say... We should do documentaries because there's a couple of documentaries. Well, actually, the two documentaries that come to my mind, one wasn't released to to feature film, and one was. Right. The one that was is "I Am Not Your Negro," right? The James Baldwin uh, documentary, which is just phenomenal, right? Which and, I still haven't seen yet. It's on, it's on Amazon. There you go. I guess I know what I'll be doing this weekend. Um. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you think yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is the Nina Simone. Yeah, the Netflix joint. Yeah. Yeah. Also good. Phenomenal. Very good. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very good one. But that one wasn't released. To, right, right. To, to feature films. So I guess, I, 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 okay, I'm, I'm fine if we take documentaries off the table. Yeah, maybe Tom will come in and do a binge lounge. We'll do a binge lounge. We'll do a binge lounge with you, uh, Tom. I don't think we can have you on the show proper. but we can. I mean, not, not for hoop dreams. Not for who we can have a viewing for something. Of else. course, we can have yeah, you in. Tom, you know, Tom, you're a true friend. Pick another film. Yeah, any film, black film. Yes. Film. We also heard from Romero Stokes. Hey, Romero, brother. Yes. I think he's talking to you again. <laughs> I sincerely hope I didn't offend you with my last message, where Romero. No, right, right, right. No, not at all. I wasn't offended. Were you offended? No, he wasn't. Hmm. No, I wasn't. Uh, he wrote us about his uh, critique of the show. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, be yeah. more linear in our review. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. I truly enjoy the conversational style of your show. I was just a little disappointed that we didn't get to explore the issues of class and social standing that you build up regarding the Samuel L. Jackson scene. Yes, I believe he has shown up in 99.8 of the significant black films post-1985. Throwing a few suggestions into the ring for future episodes, unless, of course, I may have missed them in the past. All right. Breaking and Breaking Two together. Yes. Beat Street. Thanks for bringing this up. Um, We did Beat Street. We did not do Beat Street. We did Wild Style. Wild Style. You're right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Crush Groove, which we have done. (laughs) We did Crush Groove. If you go back, you will find that we did Crush Groove. And for the Binge Lounge, The Get Down versus The Breaks. Oh, I've not seen The Breaks. Me neither. Yeah, I've not seen the breaks. It was on around the same time, but, but yeah. 
Uh, do you see the theme here? Peace yes. as always. By the way, I also tweet to you via at Romero Manuel. Yes, I. Oh, well, I do know at Romero Manuel, so I didn't right. recognize that. Thank so. you, Romero. He goes, so thank you, Romero. Those Re- are coming. D- yes, those are absolutely coming. Those are absolutely coming. Some of them may actually come uh, as we yeah. ease on down the road to episode one hundred yeah. and the Wiz. Yeah, I feel like Beat Street could definitely go in there. Yeah, like like because I feel like we're pulling stuff off the top shelf now. Yeah, like we're pulling down top shelf stuff. Most definitely, yeah, most definitely. So so yeah, definitely Beat Street. All right, all right. So uh, speaking of top shelf, let's yes. get into a definitively top shelf film, 1991's Yes, Daughters of the Dust. What they got out there, Eddie Wyola? Life, child, the beginning of a new life. Just because we cross over to the mainland, it doesn't mean we don't love you. How you can leave this soil? This soil? Because we from the sea. We came here in chains. When they go down in the water, they ain't never come up. And nobody can walk on water. I need to know that I can come and hold on to what I come from. A past on us. You think you can cross over to the mainland and run away from it? Never forget who we is. And how far we done come. Nineteen ninety one independent film written, directed, and produced by Julie Dash. Daughters of the Dust is the first feature film directed by an African-American woman distributed theatrically in the United States. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Set in 1902, it tells the story of three generations of Gullah women in the Pazant family of St. Helena Island as they prepare to migrate to the north on the mainland. The film gained critical praise for its rich rich language use of song and lyrical use of visual imagery reading straight here from wikipedia the cast features Coralie day alva rogers barbara o mm. trula who's um hoosier uh, verdame grosnor and casey moore and was filmed on st helena island in south carolina noted for its lush visuals and non-linear storytelling Daughters of the Dust was selected for the Sundance 1991 Dramatic Competition, where cinematographer Arthur Jaffa won the top cinematography prize. And in 2004, Daughters of the Dust was selected for uh, preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Dash has published two books related to the films, Daughters of the Dust, The Making of an african-american woman's film in 1992 which included the screenplay and daughters of the dust a novel set 20 years after the events in the film in 2016 the film was restored and released by re-released by the cone media group for its 25th anniversary 
this movie, which was the selection of Vincent, is what we are listing as an essential of black cinema. We'll get into exactly what is an essential of black cinema and what makes this so uh, in a minute. But first, Vince, your thoughts on Daughters of the Dust. Yeah, and you know, I think you you, you kind of you kind of put it you, you front load it when when you talk about it. This is, I mean, this 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 is a this this is like you know one of one of the examples of the pinnacle in my mind of black film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it came out in 1991, I had never seen anything like this. And I don't know if I've ever seen anything exactly like this since then. Like we talked a little bit before, there, there are films that I think kind of pull from the same place mm-hmm. from from Daughters of the Dust or, or maybe that Daughters of the Dust inspired. But, you, you know, it was it was it was this wholly new thing like this. This this group of black people on the Gullah Islands. Um, it was it was immersive. You know, we were talking a little bit about the the language, the, the um the patois, if you will, right that that they speak in um in this film, and and the visuals of 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 the beach and nature and and the and and the wardrobe, mm. the the cast. Which you know is a very striking, just physically looking cast. Yeah. Um. And then there's the storyline, which, as you said, it's about this this black family moving from the Gullah Islands to the mainland, and what all that meant. You, you know, with within terms of plot, there is a lot of traditions that we're going to leave behind as we go forward, which is you know always something that you talk about black people and the history of black people and the power of tradition mm-hmm. and what does it mean to go somewhere. Right. But then just, I, I guess, visually, there's so much connection between, you know, America and, 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 and Africa and specifically, you know, all this Igbo, Igbo um, tradition. And it's just an amazing film. It's an amazing film. Uh, it's 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 paced at this almost mesmerizing rate. Like I was looking at it today, and and I noticed how long a lot of the scenes are. Okay. And 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 oftentimes, technically, there's nothing. Ha- like literally, there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. There are all these scenes with these people, and and particularly these women, just sort of with each other. Right, you know, quietly, it's still, you know, as as we mentioned, it's the Gullah Islands, so there's a lot of beaches, you know, there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of vegetation, you know, something that that I paid more attention to because of you, just the music, mm-hmm. and how the music just weaves in and out of these scenes, and you you know, it's almost it's difficult for me to pull out something to start talking. Because it is this holistic experience, yeah. Where you know it is the imagery, the music, the story, the 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 actors, mm-hmm. the image of the actors, all of it just kind of comes together into this. You, you know, again, this this wholly unique vision of Julie Dashes. So yeah, it's, I'll start there. It's. It's funny when I was watching this film, I I couldn't um, I couldn't get away from the feeling that 
I was watching something. I was watching something precious, but I was watching something that I'm not supposed to be seeing. Oh, that's it, interesting. Because it was almost, it was almost like, like they were caught in hidden camera, mm-hmm. and you're looking in on these lives. You know, um, you're not even you're not like a you're not a bystander. You're you're just off you're off in the distance looking through like a telescopic lens right at at this life just transgress in front of you because like you said they're all on the beach they live um they live in their environment they don't live on top of it everything is a part of it you know when the um when nana the old the older the oldest right right of the right so the matriarch Mm -hmm. right when she is sitting in her her chair and it, it mixing her, you know, knit, 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 making her her leather packets and 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 playing with her her can of history of their of their history. Um, her chair is made of sticks and twines, so that it almost looks like it's uh, grows out of the environment to become a chair for her. Oh, you know? that's interesting. And um, I, re- I was just taken away by that. Uh, there were scenes. There's many scenes, like you say. There, they're sitting by the by the the beach and in the on the land, and there's fallen trees, and it's a very painterly movie where Julie Dash takes the time to just frame a picture of women just laying in a tree sitting along a a, fall, a fallen branch um walking far off in the sands you know walking far far off in the fields even sometimes even being close up in the fields catching a reflection in 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 water and she just frames it in just this museum work of art way that i and and I think purposefully holds the camera still so that you can just take it all in as the voiceover, you know, helps um, translate the scenery. Um, Cause there's a lot of voiceover is the voiceover of a, um, a child to be born. Right. That you're, that is leading you in this story. Um, that along with the pacing, which is very tranquil, very um it's slow at times it's a little slow but it's an assured pace yes it's the pace of someone that knows exactly where she's going exactly where she wants to go and what steps she needs to take to build up to it because the story is a slight story it's really i mean there is a story there there um uh, i guess like the uh, the big story of you know the a group of this family moving to the in to the mainland and what that means for their traditions right. um are they turning their back on their traditions or not you know um there and it definitely is a uh, um argument uh, pro and con throughout the throughout the film but it the real film real story like you say, it's the story of these women and 
one, what does it say of all these women that that, that make up this family? Because it's mostly women. Right. Or at least it's mostly women we see. Well, I, the, you only see about six or five, five or six right, guys. Right. And there's about 12 women running around. Right. This right. Joint. Right. Um, and their their role in not only keeping the history of this family, but keeping the family together, um, keeping the family growing through through birth, um, keeping the stories alive. Uh, and keeping each other alive, right? Because it's it'll be very easy to lose themselves um, in the patriarchy of of the day, and even the patriarchy to a point of their family, right? I can't say enough about how uh, lyrical this film was. This 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 movie is a poem. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is it is just one hundred percent just just lyrics and, and and stories and it plays with time so smartly by changing the pace of the film. It speeds up, it slows down a little bit. You have um you have uh uh you talking about how this influenced so many films after it. You know, I'm watching this film and I'm seeing in the in the the tapestry of the film, I'm seeing Eve's Bayou. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in the in in the cinematography of the film, I'm seeing Queen Sugar. Quiet oh as yeah, sh- as quiet as cat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in the in the relationships between the women, especially there's the one woman who's coming back from you know i guess being uh out in the world right yellow mary yellow mary yellow mary and her yellow coming, mary right and her coming back and her effects on the family you know bringing the world yeah back to this island you know akin almost to the color purple yeah because that's what i'm feeling when i'm watching that yeah. you know um but then yellow mary's relationship with there's one woman who's like married into the family. Oh, Hagar, my girl. Hagar. Hagar. Yeah, Hagar, who looks like Aunt Aunt V, the original Aunt yeah. V from yeah. um, Fresh Prince. Yeah, Hagar a, is real tough. Hagar's no joke, man. Her face is like never is. She always scowling. Surprising no one. I have a little crush on Hagar. I can see that. You know, you know. Well, you know, it's like three, four women in here. I'm like, oh, I like. They, I like them, <laughs> brother. <laughs> um. But yeah, but they they have a, a tense relationship that I'm very very happy never gets resolved. Yes, it, it's just it's there. Right, there's that tension between them, and and it's unspoken. Well, it's spoken because you can see it. They cut eyes at each other. And right, they have right. Some cross Actually, they don't have cross words. Hagar just spews venom at Yellow Mary. Yes, yeah, she does. And Yellow Mary doesn't even feed into it. Yeah. At, Every moment, she never feeds into it. Well, it's it's funny that you brought up Queen Sugar because there there was an episode, the episode, you know, a week before we're taping. Mm-hmm. There's a really, really ugly family fight. Okay, like really ugly. But I've said since I saw, like, this is one of the most realistic 
families I've seen on television because you know nobody can like you know a family fight is the ugliest of fights. Yes, because it's stuff that people have been carrying since you were children. Yep, you never said it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny watching this a week after I saw that, where you know Ava DuVernay has been very forthcoming about saying that Julie Dash is a huge influence. Is a huge Mm -hmm. influence. And you got that in here with this family. Like you said, you have Hagar, who was married into the family, and but, but you know, has, has been in this family. Yeah. You know, you have Yellow Mary, who's a granddaughter who left and come back, came back. Uh, you know, Viola, who is the woman who left and became a Christian. Right. And then came back. And, and, and you're right, the interactions between these women. Are, are very realistic. And the thing that I loved is that there wasn't a great deal of exposition mm-hmm. about those relationships. A, there was enough there that if you're a smart enough viewer and if you are a, an astute enough viewer, it's there for you. Right. B, and and this is something that I think has worked against the reception of this film frankly and 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 the development of Julie Dash's career which she should have had a long and prosperous career this is a film that does not hold your hand no this this no, is doesn't. this is a you, you know just unapologetically not even black it's unapologetically Julie Dash's vision right and, you, you know, if you, you look it up, she's been working on it. She was working on it since 1975, I mm-hmm. think. And then it kind of developed. And I, 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 I agree with you that it almost feels like there's an intimacy. And, and again, this, this holistic aspect to this vision that you feel almost like you're intruding. Mm, like right. this is not yeah. for you. And, and somehow you've been blessed to see this. But no one's going to hold your hand. There is no point of view character. There is no, you know, somebody, you know, welcome to the X-Men. Hope you survive the experience character to kind of show you around. And you just have to, you have to give yourself to it. It's, it's funny. I was looking at reviews and and I think, you, you know, we, we always go back to Roger Ebert. I think it was Roger Ebert who says that, that part of the dialogue, like it gets to the point where some of the dialogue for many of us is is just indecipher like you just cannot understand it but it gets to the point where you just give yourself to the film yeah he said that the fact that some of the dialogue is deliberately difficult is not frustrating but comforting we relax like children at a family picnic not understanding everything but feeling at home with the expression of it yeah yeah. And, and, and and when I read that, I was like, he's absolutely right. Yeah. And we talked about it. You know, I said, you know, if you watch it, you, you know, for the purposes of us doing the episode, I was like, you know, watch it with the with the subtitles on it, because I know I it's just hard to understand the first time you watch it. Right. But you still fall in love with it. Oh, yeah. Because there is so much that kind of pulls you in. And again, it is it is. This is a a, a woman centric film. Mm-hmm. Like you have these women, and 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 they have these challenges in their life, and and you know challenges to their family, but only ch- also challenges to them, right? And how they kind of navigate it, and how they kind of deal with it, and how they give voice to it. Like you, like we were talking about the voiceovers. You know, by my count, there are 
you, you know, three distinct voiceovers. There's a voiceover at the beginning, which is is almost parallel to the beginning of Eve's Bayou. Yeah. You know, where, where you have this kind of disembodied narrator. You have the voice of Nana, mm-hmm. who he says the matriarch. You have the voice of, of the unborn child. Right. And then at, at some point, um, Eula speaks. Like, Eula has this great moment. Eula is, is, is one of the characters. And Eula has been raped by a white man. And she won't tell her husband who raped her. Because right. he she doesn't want him to go and try and kill him, which consequently well, would lead to him getting lynched. Yeah. And she's talking to her unborn child about their family. And it's just wonderful scene. But they're just I love the way that this film privileges literally the black female voice. So that most of the sounds that you hear talking are actually these women, whether it's the voiceover, whether it's the dialogue, whether it's anything. And and it, it is it, 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 it's it's lyrical. It's 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's cool. When you, you say that about it's um, privileges, the, the woman's voice. One, it's very cool that this film, you know, set in 1902 talks about a time post slavery that very usually is not covered. Right. You know, this is 50 years past slavery. Um, and because of their situation, they are mostly for the most part living the quote unquote idyllic life of the, on their own. You right. Know? Right. We pretty much got like, a, like a, if not the entire Island, most of the Island to themselves. Right. To be like almost totally carefree the children are running around the the children are like god knows where from the homes even back in those days post-slavery 1902 that would not be heard of but only on this island do you have that happen um but then the other thing is not only are the women's voices celebrated and and the ones that that drive the story when you do hear from the men they're speaking of their women Right, they're speaking of the the sweetness of women. The sweetness of life is a woman, right? Whether it be her or her song, or whether it be her beauty, or what have you. Um, so it the the movie is also an exploration on the black woman at that time, right? Um, and her role in a man's life. And I appreciated that, you know, I, I just appreciated that to have the men talking about talking about women in in uh, non-sexual ways. Yeah. How about that? You know, yeah, uh, no, there's no type of like, you know, sexualization of anything here outside of one guy picks up his woman and kisses her. Yes. And, and, oh, and a couple of people like they hug and they they kiss their women. Right. But right. It, but even in their kissing, it's a celebration of, of them. Right. It's not a celebration of like, hey, come here. Right. No one is objectified in at, this. at all yeah. at all in this in this film. Um, and that's that's just a, another profound, uh, beautiful thing about this about this film and the conversations that these women have are forthright. They don't hold your hand, but they also, they don't cut any corners. Right. You know, when yellow Mary is telling Eula about not telling her husband, Eli. Yeah. About, you know, who raped her. She's like, doesn't pull any punches. Hey, you know, you tell that you tell these people. And the next thing you know, yeah. you know, you're going to be looking to find what tree 
Uh, yeah, that's hanging which from. tree is he hanging from? You know, and then it, but nobody wants that story. Yeah. You know? And and you know, it's it's you know, it reminds me a bit of the conversation we had about nothing like a man, where racism exists, and and in this world there's and you, and you know, as we we said, part of the reason that there's tension between Eli and his wife is that she won't tell him what happened or who. Who committed the crime against her? Because you know the specter of racism is there, and the specter of 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 the consequences of it. And you know, and and you know, they say that Eli is working on an anti lynching law there in in the Carolinas. Yeah, but it doesn't define them, right? You know, like you said, if if you know, this isn't a film about that. Like that is a detail in their life, but there's so much else mm-hmm. going on as opposed to, you know, like we talked about nothing like a man where where just the racism permeated every moment yeah. of the text. Yeah. So, you know, that's the beauty of their life that it's there, but because of the life they have set up, it doesn't it it, it only is let in as much as they want it to. Right. And you know, you know the irony is that they're so they're they're so or at least part of the family is so um adamant about moving to the mainland that you you know it's almost like they don't know what they're headed into and they don't right they don't they think they do well you and 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 you know it's like the film kind of speaks you know you have what three characters who have come from you you know you have as we mentioned viola who has moved to the to philadelphia and and become a christian yes you have yellow mary who you know tells her little story about oh, basically about getting that? kidnapped yeah. by a family and, and, and taken to Cuba and taken to Cuba and and dealing with rape, you, you know it's 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 interesting, and I've gone back and forth with this over the years. Yellow Mary comes with a young woman who is is strikingly lighter than the other women, and and the implication is that maybe she's biracial. And I went back, I've gone back and forth for years that are we supposed to think that that is Yellow Mary's lover or is that Yellow Mary's daughter? Oh, see, I always thought it, I always took it as it was her daughter. Daughter. I I just, I just read something like an hour ago where it said that's her lover. I guess I can see lover. And I think it's, and I think it's, it's, it's left up to your interpretation. Yeah. But Again, you have these people who have lived on the mainland. And, you know, we haven't mentioned them yet. Tommy Hicks as Mr. Sneed, the yeah. photographer. This is the only other film I've ever seen Tommy Hicks in, which, you know, of course, he's most famous for being in She's Gotta Have It. Oh, he's been in something else. I've never I've never seen him or I've never noticed him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in something. We'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Right, but he plays the photographer. But by the end of the film, all of these characters have acknowledged how special this place is to the point where, you know, Yellow Mary stays. Yeah. So. Well, Yellow Mary, Yellow Mary stays because as much as she comes back and she's a little, you know, I guess, for lack of a better word, like a little highfalutin, you know, like she's the, yeah. like, I, 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 it's me, Yellow Mary, come back. You know, like all the kids are like, you know, it's Yellow Mary. It's like that, that, that famous aunt you know, yes. that went out into the world. That's you know? right. Now she done came back with like her wish book and, and stuff. Like fancy candy. <laughs> exactly, you know. And you see how she wears her hair and everything like that. But she really, and this is where the whole correlation with Color Purple came in for me. She went back to kind of like reconnect. 
she says, I always wanted to go someplace where people will, they will still know my name. Right. They will still know that I am Yellow Mary Penzan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she, she has that wonderful, she, she goes on this little rant early on where she's talking and she says, you, you know, these most backwards Negroes here and it's hot mm-hmm. and this, that, and then she pauses and she says, boy, I really hope they're cooking gumbo because I ain't had no good gumbo. Yep. And I don't know how long. And she says, you know, I had some gumbo in, uh, I think she says South Carolina. That was all right, but they don't put everything in yeah, it like the they do here. And it's like, yeah, see, there it is. It's yeah. no, it, it really is no place like home. That's right. That's right. Um, it, it's, there is, uh, there's not a, a, a bad moment in this film. But the one who like really like crushes it in this film for me, mm-hmm. as much as I love Eula, yeah, um, I think Eula is great, played by Alva Rogers. Yeah, she was uh, she she was one of Rachel's girlfriends in school days. Oh, was she? Yeah, she she was the one on the bed said, you know, I like that piece of positive brother, but he's sneaking. Oh, so he's she, a man. Oh, so it's she, his nature. So it's her and Joie Lee. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I knew her face looked familiar. Uh, and Barbara O played Yellow Mary. Yes, and you fan mentioned- of Barbara O, fan of Alva Rogers. I don't I, see. I don't know Barbara O from anything else. She looks familiar. I oh no, I just this. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. But the person that steals it is Cora Lee Day in the role of Nana. Yeah. Because man, she wears the history of this family on her face in her. Fingers. They talk about how the the fingers are dyed blue from yeah. from the from the uh, the clay that they be making and stuff. And and she she wears it and she wears it in her clothes. And she's you know you know uh, Hagar you know um, accuses her of practicing the hoodoo of the hoodoo. day. That's right of the land. And and I guess maybe to a, a point she is. But to me, everything that she's doing is very poignant, man. Like when she takes the little pouch the the night before they're about they're going to sail off, and she says how she has a lock of her mother's hair for, that that her mother cut when they brought her over on the boat, right? And now I'm putting in a lock of my hair. And when they went to sell her into slavery, yeah, right, because you know Nana, right, Nana is away. old enough that she was enslaved. Yes, yeah. And then she's putting in a lock of her hair in there because you have to keep this. The generations, they have to stay yeah. connected. You have to take this. Y'all going, y'all going. But you got to stay connected. Right. And this is how you stay connected. And maybe, I guess, I guess maybe that's hoodoo. But to me, that just sounded like some of the most rawest love yeah. that you can ever have you know, uh, expressed to you. Yeah. Um, and I think as much as Hagar was like, you know, railing against it, those children were in rap. They weren't seeing hoodoo. They no. were seeing their grandmother, great grandmother express how much she, they meant to her. Right. Right. You know, and they, they were locked. Out. I was lockstep. I wanted the pouch. Yeah. I wanted to kiss the pouch. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I just thought, well, everything she did in this in this movie was just extremely powerful. And you know, it's, it's something you know. Back to the first thing you said, where you feel like you almost shouldn't be watching this, like it's something intimate and personal. I think 
the line between acting and not acting is seems so thin. Yeah, like you know, there are a couple right. of actors in here. You know, we mentioned Tommy Hicks, and and you know that like we know they're actors, and you know, kind of, kind of, you know, intellectually, you know, these are all actors, right? And that they film this, and and this is, but right. it feels so real and, and it I does think, you know the actress that plays nana um coralie day coralie day is like i think you're right like i think i felt like this is her like i felt like her hands mm-hmm. were actually dyed blue because she worked like this exactly so you know i, I mean no one there are no acting fireworks in this like this no. like this isn't a film where someone took it and sent it to the academy right to, but but it's it's almost the other way like it's so naturalistic yeah that you can't even see like 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 the artifice almost disappears and and it's so naturalistic it becomes it becomes truly more than an ensemble in and probably in unlike uh most films and in very few in between they become a family right you see a family yeah that's all you see yeah you don't see anything else. you don't see you do not see julie dash pulling the strings yeah at all yeah you know the only i mean the only um hint of this being a feature film is the beauty of the cinematography right if you don't have that right you're looking at home movies right and 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 the beauty of the cinematography is that it actually captures this natural beauty so it yeah. is almost like 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 i said about the acting the, the it's like the greatest thing that the cinematographer did is almost get out of the way right like this is what this is and and you know it's the striking image you know it's like the sand is white they're all wearing white. You know, this is a cast that is 90% very brown. Mm-hmm. So it's like the contrast yeah. is, is, is you, you know, you keep using these words. It's, it's lyrical. It's, it's musical. It's, you know, it's, it's magical. It's, and it's, it's like, it's, it's ethereal. Like, it's ethereal. And, you know, I don't like to speak in definitives because, you know, I've, I've only seen what I've seen. I've never seen anything like this. Like I've seen things that take from this. Like we right. mentioned, there are moments in Queen Sugar, right? You know, uh, especially with um, Julie Dash doing some of the directing, right? With Nova, with the character Nova, yes, yes that yes. that you you know, I can I can see kind of parallel to this. You mentioned Eve's Bayou, like there are whole stretches of Eve's Bayou that you know have similarities with this. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about the color purple. You talk about you know even Beloved. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. But yeah. this, it, this is like it. It is. It's like nothing I've never, I've ever seen. And it's something that watching it this afternoon, twenty some odd years after I saw it for the first time, I sat in my living room and I thought this is still like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's 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 an it's an amazing film. It, it really is this remarkable masterpiece. And you know, it's sort of like um. We were just talking about it at at school days, where I said I've I've never given the the Oscars any credence after what they did to do the right thing, and and you know and do the right thing was never even nominated for anything. Um, the fact that this is a film that that in many ways 
was almost lost. Right. You, you know, it's like the, the biggest conversations that we've had about this film in the past year. And, and kudos to her for, for speaking about it was, you know, Beyonce talks about this is one of her inspirations for some of the visuals mm-hmm. for Lemonade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and suddenly where everyone was having a Julie Dash conversation, all of them. But the fact that it took Beyonce to get people's eyes on Daughters of the Dust is 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 criminal and you know a little embarrassing like i feel like people who are film people should be embarrassed that there's a whole generation that didn't know about daughters of the dust that aren't continually reintroduced to this film and that this isn't the first film in a long career for julie dash i know so that that it's criminal i mean this is her film yeah and and she's been very fortunate forthright about the fact that she thinks that because this film is so unapologetic and it's so black that she didn't get work you know she didn't get work and and it is it's it's a shame it's it's a crime it is a crime especially when you consider that uh in since 1991 there have certainly been roads in which People could have reached back to her, right, right, and said, "You, hey, let's do something. Let's make something happen." Right, you know right. what I mean. Uh, Ava DuVernay, God bless her. Hopefully, this is the first uh, uh, of, the, of the, the reemergence of the reemergence of uh, Julie Dash. So you know what makes this film. We, we I, I kind of like you know said it like this film is like considered one of the essentials of black cinema. Uh, I think it's a singular vision. I think it's a singular vision. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, I've said it several times. I've never seen anything like this. Right. You know, I, I think this is something that represents an aspect of African-American life that we very rarely see like this. Mm-hmm. I think um, it is a film that, and we've mentioned this throughout this episode, is, is it, it has inspired people. Right. So that, you know, if you like certain things, you sh- I always feel like you should go to the source material. Right. And in, in a lot of ways, this is ground zero for a lot of filmmakers and a lot of images and a lot of work that we all love. And, you, you know, like I, I absolutely, you know, we talked about it. I think Eve's Bayou is, is one of the greatest films ever made. Like, like Eve's Bayou is maybe my second or third favorite film. Mm-hmm. But there's so much that you know i'm not going to say cassie lemons stole from this or took from this but there it's coming from the same space you see the footsteps and and you know neves bayou is 97 this is 91 Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you know i've never read cassie lemons say that you know oh i saw daughters of the dust but you you know of course she did right right so you know and it's just damn good yeah like it's just like it's one of those things it's one of these films that make you remember why you love films like yeah. like why films kind of touch you you know and and, and you, you know since it's reemergence for its anniversary and you know they they were screening like i was so sad that none of the screenings were here were here in philadelphia yeah. because i do think seeing this on the big screen is is quite the experience oh yeah man with these wide vistas yeah, in this so, movie yeah so you know that's yeah. why i would say this is you know essential yeah I was I would say I think that it, the like you say the singular vision, the the imagery, and t- despite it being actors, this 
I think there's a reason why the the National Film Registry considered this film like you know one of the one of the, one of the essentials and right, right, preserving right. this film because this film in 1991 is almost a time capsule to 1902. How about that? That's just how on point it is. Yeah, you know, without too many of the trappings of that town, there's you don't see a city at all. No, you know, you don't. Um, I think the, the the closest to modern times that you see is Tommy Hicks with his camera. Yeah, you know. Um, yet it is it it evokes that you are you are right in that moment. So I think that definitely makes this um, an essential of black cinema. And this is a film that is worthy to be screened in. Elementary schools, in yeah. high schools, yeah. in colleges, in universities, and film schools, and master classes. Um, there is so much that people, historians, and filmmakers, and and linguists, um, yeah. can learn and pull from this film, and especially filmmakers, because a lot of people we we did soul food. And a lot of people herald soul food because, you know, there's this big scene where you got this big orgasm of food on the table. Man, there's a scene in this movie when everybody gets... I have never seen a scene that made me so hungry. Yeah. That made me just want to... I want... Can I have some? Where's my plate? Yeah. Because it it looks so good. Yeah. It, 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 It... That was the way to film. Yeah. And you don't even see people eating. Yeah. All you see is the plates and right. them loading their plates. And, and you get the wonderful sound of, of the, the, of, of the forks. forks. you kind of clicking yeah. on the plates. Yeah. Oh, my. It's a fantastic scene. They take it's the. It's one of the more famous scenes from. Yeah. They take the top off of a pie. Like mm. the top of the, the yeah. lid off a pot. And then there's a pie. And so, I don't even like pie. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a bad movie, man. Daughters of the Dust. Daughters of the Dust. Daughters of the Dust. A thing. And And you know what's crazy? You know what is insane? Here we are living in the future. It's on Netflix. Streaming. It's straight up on Netflix. Everyone listening to this right now, just pull up your Netflix app. That's right. It's right there on Netflix. It's right there. Sit down, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Some daughters of the dust, which is which is crazy because for years, years, it was not available. You couldn't find it. It wasn't no, available. It wasn't available for years. And, and and just last month, it was featured on uh, Turner Classic Movies, right? And now it's up on Netflix. Yeah. And who's to say how long it's going to be on Netflix? So get in there. Yeah, absolutely. Get in, get in there and, and check it out. Um, yeah. You you will not. It, it's a it's a it's a leech. It's a slow burn. But you will be mesmerized. Give yourself to it. Yeah, you have to give yourself to it. Give it over to it. Yeah, give give yourself some some nice wine, nice atmosphere, and and sit down with your family. Yeah, and watch this film. I don't think there's you know maybe you know got to be maybe a little bit of thirteen because some of the issues that they speak of. But it's good stuff. Yeah, this is really good stuff. So we are of course. Recommending it. I'm recommending the <laughs> hell out of this movie, man. This movie was really, really something. All right. Thank you, Vince. Hey, man. 
Thank you. Someone, someone, I mean, we were going to do Daughters of the Dust, but someone asked for Daughters of the Dust a while ago. A while ago. A while ago, and we said we wanted. So I'm glad we got to it. I'm glad we did too. I'm glad we got to it. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. So, so, So you're up? I am up. I am up at bat for episode 76. What are we going to do? To the Wiz. I've gone back and forth about where I wanted to go. Lethal Weapon 2. You know, I was close to pulling that, Vince. I was this close, this close, Vince, this right, close. Because right. that's what you follow Daughters of the Dust with. Yeah, hey, and any any cineplex that knows this business, you know, you've got them in the seats. Lethal Weapon Two, fired it up. Right, right. Um, but I uh, I went left. Okay. From uh, Lethal Weapon Two, <laughs> and I chose New Jack City. Whoa! <laughs> so we rolling. So we just gonna roll. We just gonna pull them down. Pulling them we down. We just gonna dog. pull them down. We're pulling them down, baby. Nice. New Jack City. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Mmm. Okay. So we just gonna go hard. We're going hard. Let's man. just go hard. We got to. Okay. Let's go hard. <laughs> so New Jack City. New Jack ladies, City, ladies and gentlemen. Next week here on the Show Mission, which you can find each and every one of our episodes, including the Binge Lounge, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn, as well as on our website, MichelleMission.com, and on the CLNS Podcast Network, on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network, and in a hour-long fashion, as a radio show, <laughs> I got to point it out to him. Like, because the radio show is kind of cool, right, but you really right. want to listen to the podcast because it's longer and more in depth right, and stuff. Right, right. Um, but Talk about but, kid and play versus nice and smooth. Who wants to miss that? Right. Yeah, because that's not going to be in the podcast. I, I got to take that out. Right, right. right For time's right. sake, I got to take right. it out. So now you're like, what are you talking? If you listen to the radio, like, I didn't hear anything about kid and play. What do you mean? You got to you got to subscribe to the podcast. Right. Right. So you won't miss all these this this mm-hmm. beautiful stuff. The legacy of house party. Which is probably going to be in the next 25. It, if we pulling them down. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, see what's on his shelf. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're also available as a radio show on WPPM, LP 106.5 FM, People Power Media here in Philadelphia and Camden every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Um, hey, if you want to do us a favor, if you want to like and love us, please subscribe to us on iTunes and or on SoundCloud and give us a, a ranking or a rating that helps people find the show, which bigs up our profile and um, gets us some more listeners and followers. Yeah. Who couldn't use more listeners and followers? I don't Support know. We could. Black Podcast. Support Black Podcast. The, I was... Uh, this is a story for another day. Support Black Podcast. Yes. Hashtag support Black Podcast. Okay. We got to get out of here. I'm Len. He's Vince. And parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.